You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Rasvogel, your host, and this is episode 287. I have a great guest today that I'm really looking forward to speaking with today and to sharing with you. His name is Blair Singer of the Blair Singer Training Academy. As a best-selling author, rich dad advisor, and one-of-a-kind teacher, his unique messages and unconventional style have supported business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders worldwide. His focus is to help them increase sales, build champion-level teams, and make huge differences in their industry. And we are all about impact here, so this sounds great. Welcome, Blair. Well, thanks, Kirsten. It's good to be here. Yeah, really looking forward to learning more about uh, your academy and the work that you're doing. So tell me about your work and what impact is it that you're making in the world? Well, well, thanks for asking, you know, um, over the last 25 plus years, I've worked with people all over the, all over the world, probably about 40 different countries, but it seemed that over the last 10 years that the best focus of my time. And if one person can really do something to make a difference, because running around the world on my own was, was great, but it wasn't, wasn't making a dent. And so we started training trainers and training leaders and training people that really wanted to be great facilitators that had a mission that wanted to drive it to the world. So that's what we do. And we have uh, people like that in about, uh, like I said, about 40 different countries now. Great. So tell me, train the trainer, what kinds of things are you training them to train? <laughs> well, I always say, you know, a lot of people want to be trainers or coaches. And, and I say, look, if you're going to work with me, we're not going to be talking about just being a quote unquote trainer that it, when the minute you decide that you're going to be in front of a group to impart any kind of information, you're actually a leader. And so what we do or what I attempt to do is to teach people to be what I call teacher slash leaders or leader slash teachers, because these days they have to go together. Uh, there's a responsibility that's involved, I believe. And I think that if, if we're really to make a change in people's lives and to help them change a behavior, that's more than training. That, that's, that has to do with helping somebody find the intrinsic desire, you know what I'm saying? Something inside of them that, that's arousable to, to take some action. Yeah, I like that. I know I always, I struggled for years and I've been a speaker for you know, 25 years or so. And, you know, what word do you use? And I finally just said transformational because, I mean, I think I, like you, one, I feel the sense of responsibility and to help make a difference. And two, when I'm sharing strategies, you know, whether it's communication, leadership, personal growth, healthy relationship kinds of things, I want to share strategies that hopefully the minute they get back to the office, Right. they're going to be making a difference with. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, and Kirsten, I think what you said is really true is that I think that I just have this could be delusional <laughs> belief that inside that there's really people really want to do the right thing. They want to do something that makes a difference in other people's lives. I really think that. And I think that people like yourself that can ignite it or find it, then they're going to take some action. I mean, you could, as you know, you could tell people step one through 12 and they may never even attempt it after three days. But right. if you 
you're able to, as you say, transform something in their, in their psyche, so to speak, then they'll, they'll make the change on their own and they'll seek the information they need to learn. That's great. So tell me what experiences have motivated you uh, the most to make your impact? Wow. I guess my life, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, um, you know, I, 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 I grew up on a farm of all things in Northeastern Ohio and left, let, when I graduated from school, I went to, I moved to Hawaii and then I uh, started my first business there um, and happened to meet a guy. This I had a surf shop in Waikiki and this six foot three Japanese guy walked into my surf shop and 19- hold on, hold on, hold on. We just have to, did you say six foot three Chinese guy? No, I Japanese, mean, that alone. Japanese, okay. Oh, okay. Japanese guy. Yeah. But six foot three. Yeah. That, that already just really caught my attention. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so six, this was 1982, something like that. And tried to get me to buy these stupid Velcro nylon wallets. And so if you've read the, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you'll know that that was Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, and he was working for Xerox as a sales rep. I had a little surf shop in Waikiki. And that was a major turning point in my life because he and I both figured that the only way we're going to get rich or make a difference in the world is through business, is to to be entrepreneurs. And that the road to doing that, as you know, because you're the expert, is in transformational personal growth. Uh, And we went on this journey together. So Ever since then, it's been an, an amazing, an amazing ride and uh, been very fortunate to work with amazing people, great leaders. And over the last 10 years, um, have spent each year, I take a group of my students or graduates, we go to Tanzania, Africa and climb Mount Kilimanjaro to get even further lessons on on what it is inside that we can do to be better leaders. Wow. So uh, when I read your bio and saw that you are a rich dad advisor, I didn't know that you, that meant that you've known the man, the legend uh, since the early 1980s. Way before he wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. I mean, well, I, w- I had just finished being a sales rep for the Burroughs Corporation and he was a sales rep for Xerox. And uh, we were just trying to find life um, and studied Dr. Buckminster Fuller. Uh, and we just went down this road of really trying to seek the best of ourselves so that we could serve the best to other people. That's awesome. So are you still, do you still work with him or oh, in yeah. contact with him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We both live in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, you know, I talk to him probably every other day and we do lots of projects. I mean, he does many projects that I'm not involved in for sure, but we speak probably every other day and, uh, uh, some of it's good. Some of it's, you know, you have these people in your life that you love them and then sometimes you hate them. And some, but overall you're so grateful that you love them because they push you. And he's one of those guys and I push him as well. Well, I anticipated exactly that when you said, sometimes you love them, sometimes you hate them because yeah, it's awesome. It's what a gift to have a person like that in your life that will push you and take the blinders off for you. And I'm sure, and I'm sure you do this for your clients as well, those you work with, but take those blinders off and also show the path. Well, yeah, so so, here's what you're not seeing and here's what you can do about it. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, some people call it taking the blinders off. Some people call it ripping off the bandaid. 
I think the second one is more appropriate as to how it feels sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. So, so you've been at this for years. When you think back, what is one impact with a client or a trainer that really fuels your own passion? Tell us that story of, of uh, the transformation that they made. Well, I guess your question is, I, 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 you know, you think as you go on the road to be a trainer that you, you know, you want to be the best, you want to maybe be on a big stage, you want to be able to help a lot of people. And that was certainly part of my brain's mindset in the earlier days. And, but I can tell you that one of the pinnacle moments for me, and it may not seem like a big deal to anybody else, but was in Thailand. And one of the trainers, one of the people on my team, my tribe that I've trained, uh, we did an event there. We had about 3,000 people in the room. Robert was there. I had a couple of the other advisors there. Uh, and my friend Rami, who's one of those tra trainers, the, the trainer I'm talking about, was up on stage. I'm standing in the back of the room and I'm seeing Robert up on stage. I'm seeing Rami up on stage. I'm seeing a couple other of my trainers up on stage and they're rocking the house. And you know what, Kirsten? I was in the back of the room sobbing, crying because I was so happy. I mean, to, to actually see one of your own students, see one of your, one of your folks up there just crushing it and knowing where they started and knowing where they are. It's kind of like, for me, that, that was Nirvana. And I, and it, like I said, for some, it wasn't this major dramatic experience, but for me, it was such a, a, a testimonial that I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, it worked. It's working. They're doing it. <laughs> They're making it happen. So for me, I, I just have that indelibly in my brain is probably one of the best moments of my career. That's an amazing story. And what I love about it, you know, so often, and we live in this instant gratification world. And if we can, if we get into the, into comparison mode, which um, I'm raising my hand right now, because I definitely, you know, have fallen <laughs> prey to this, but we can start to feel like we're not really making a difference. Right. Uh, especially when we have that desire in our hearts to make that impact. I mean, I still remember years ago going to see Oprah speak locally here in uh, Michigan. It was at the palace, this huge, huge venue. And uh, I was mad the whole time because I was like, I want to be on that stage. <laughs> but not everyone's going to be in venues that large, but it doesn't mean you're not making an impact. But for you being behind the scenes, but watching others. So you have created an extension of yourself and those, you know, your ripple is uh, extending beyond you through others now. Yeah. And I always say, you know, and I say, and by the way, that comparison game you're talking about, I hope it goes away someday because it's, I don't think it's, there's always a lingering of it for me too. And, you know, and the truth is, is that if anybody, whoever's listening to this is to understand that that is a killer because there's no, you, there's no way you can compare yourself to other people because your message is different. Your purpose is different. The way you do it is different. How you get your word out to the world is different, but it's so easy to get caught into that thing. Like I'm not good enough. I can't, I'm not keeping up. And, 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 it, and for leaders and teachers that can be a killer, but I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I always maintain that the best, the only thing better than doing it, than, than being a star is, is making other people to be even bigger stars. And, and that's, really, really true. And I think here, as, as we're discussing the, the comparison thing, 
Yeah. Avoid anything that is getting in the way of you making your impact. I mean, I think we all have that innate desire to make a difference in the world and whether it's fear or that feeling of not good enough or the comparison, I'll never really do anything. Our instant gratification getting in the way, any of the things that get in our way, try to avoid those, set those to the side and be yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, I, one of my great, co- I've had lots of good coaches. I had one coach that put me through a little exercise. It was really helpful for me a couple of years ago. And, and it was, and I don't, I was complaining because my marketing at the time, my marketing really sucks. <laughs> I just go, my marketing just sucks. And I just don't get it out to the world. And so what she did is she, and she did this in front of a room as a demonstration of processing, which I wasn't really quite prepared for, but it worked out fine. She said, I want you to make a list of all the, of all your wins. When you go home tonight, she goes, I want you to make a list of all your wins. How many, how, how many could you do? I go, well, I can think about three or four. She goes three or four. And she just blasted me. She goes, you can only list three or four wins in your life. Well, I can think maybe five or six. She goes, no, you should be able to fill up six pages and still keep writing. And it was such a, a wake up call because for my, in my mind, well, that I did that, but that's not a win. I did that. That's, that's not, a win. not good. Not good enough. Not good enough. And so when she finally got me to do it, I, you know, I, that was like five years ago, Kirsten. And, and every evening before I go to bed at night today, to this day, I make a list of every win for the day. Even if I found money in my pocket, that's a win that I didn't expect. Because I think that being such great, you know, self high performance people, and we want to help and we want to serve and we want to do better and we want to get better and better, forget about the things that you're actually doing that you're, that are already great. And so what happens is, is that you, and this has happened to me. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. What happens to me is that when I start com- even comparing myself to myself, then I can get discouraged. But no, there's wins every day. Count the blessings. You, If you're listening to this podcast, you are lucky. You are blessed. You are benefited because otherwise you wouldn't be here. And there's no problem with getting better. But the whole idea is to build on your wins, not, not beat yourself up for what you didn't do. Yes, give grace. Oh my gosh. And I, my mind is blown right now because 100%. I mean, my kids grew up, we did gratitude talk at night before they went to bed. And, you know, so we've definitely been focused on that. And then another thing I, you know, I share with clients or try to do for myself is celebrating the steps that you're taking towards the ultimate goals. But my aha moment just now, and I know others are going to have the same aha moment is just the random wins, the overcoming the challenge, the, yeah, the extra change in your pocket. We're missing opportunities to celebrate those wins. And I love that. And uh, that is going to become part of my new strategy as well, because how often, well, and again, when things go awry or we're frustrated or discouraged, it's so easy to put our full focus there. So that's why, you know, the gratitude theme is so helpful, like shift your focus, but man, you just gave another really powerful and put simple thing to shift focus to that can really change our energy and, you know, and our mood. So important. Well, you deserve it. You know, Anybody that's teaching, leading, facilitating, running a group of people, a business owner, whatever, a parent, you know, you you need to tip the scale on your side a little bit, <laughs> you know, yes, yes. and it's and it's there, it's there, but you know, just 
we're not always taught to, to look at it. We're taught to, you got to get better. got to be good enough. Didn't get an A. You got a B. That's not good enough. You got to get an A, you know, all that kind of stuff. So good. I'm glad. I'm, I hope it's a value to people. So tell me for you personally, what's been the biggest internal or external challenge that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest, <laughs> simply say, stating it, the, the biggest internal and external challenge has been me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can I can look at all the things going on in my life, but I and all all of them have one thing in common, which is me. <laughs> and you know, just getting past myself. That's why I wrote the book Little Voice Mastery years ago because I needed that book because the, I maintain that the only thing that stops me is what's going on between my ears. And it's this incessant, crazy, stupid conversation that I have that we're that we've been talking about, and 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 so that's the biggest obstacle. I mean, in business, years ago, I had an air freight trucking operation in Los Angeles that went just about went belly up, and my team came and the team came back, supported it. We turned the company around, made it very successful, and and so I can look at things like that. I can look at climbing Kilimanjaro, you know, now eleven times, and and. In the, in the experience I had with my son and, 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 and things, but, but mostly what it comes down to Kirsten is that there's a battle going on in my brain. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think I know it is in mine. You know, what should I do right now? Should I do the A or should I do B? Should I do A or B? One quick story. I, first time I went to Kilimanjaro, I went with my son. He was 16 years old at the time. And thought it'd be a great thing to do together. And he got after day one on the mountain that evening, he got horribly ill, horribly sick. I mean, vomiting uncontrollably it was something he ate. We were at 10, over 10,000 feet, some of the altitude. The following day, we tried to keep going and he couldn't go. He just could barely move. And I remember we were above the cloud line and he was leaning on his hiking poles and he's going, I go, Ben, can you make it? And I'm looking at his eyes are starting to turn yellow. And he, he I'm going, and he says, dad, he goes, I just want to go home. And so I'm faced with a decision. I'm looking at the peak, which is five days away off to my right. And I'm looking at my son who needs to go back down this mountain and they could take him down with a porter. But the thought of, first of all, the thought of not summoning the mountain completely broke my paradigm. I come here to climb a mountain. You know, this is what I'm all about is achieving things. But looking at my son to send him down into a third world country where nobody speaks any English as sick as he was was an equally unacceptable choice. So it's at moments like that, Kirsten, where I sit there and I'm going, what do I do? Now, some people, parents would say, what are you, what are you a madman? Of course, you're going to take him down. But at that moment, I mean, it only took me about 30 seconds, but I thought to myself, what, who am I right now? What am I thinking? Why am I, you know, because the altitude was getting to me too. And I said, I'll take him down. Because I, I had this little voice in my brain, it said, <laughs> excuse my language, but this little, my little voice said, you wrote a book about this, you asshole. <laughs> and the book is team code of honor. And, and I said, and then we have a rule. We start together. We finish together. I'll always have your back. And, and I took him down the, the mountain and I thought we'd never go back, but it was a change. But we did finally, we did go back the following year and summoned it together. I gave him a little pendant that had that engraved on it. We start together. We finish together. I'll always have your back. And I gave it to him at the summit. We hugged and we cried. And it was an amazing experience. I went to that mountain to learn to be a better person. I never thought I was going to learn how to be a father. I never thought I'd learn that there's something bigger than mountains called love. I never Never thought that that my the, while that mountain would be there for hundreds of thousands of years that the relationship on planet Earth and with my son is a brief 
millisecond. And, you know, it's, it's moments like that, Kirsten, where I just feel blessed to have had the opportunity to make a decision and even feel more blessed to have made a good one. Because I don't know about you, in my life, I've made some bad ones, <laughs> but that was a good one. And, and those experiences only happen, I believe, if, you're, if you as an individual are willing to put yourself out there and being willing to be adventurous with yourself and with the people that you love, and there's nothing better. It's a beautiful story. And one part, just kind of, it's likely a side note on that, but your self-awareness and realizing it was a choice versus uh, moving to the choice that you ultimately made. So, uh, you know, intentional choice. And sometimes we don't do that because we're, we're faced with, you know, choices constantly. And are we intentional and do we stay aligned with core values or core focus or goals that we're working towards? Or do we let circumstances bump us off, bump us to the side, move us in a different direction? And so that's what I love about that is, you know, the, again, that attentionality that you had to, to say I'm at a fork in the road and I'm going to weigh both options quickly and uh, go with what is aligned with who I am. That's right. That's right. Because you know, when your emotion sometimes is running high, your intelligence tends to run low. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, that's why I have, a, I talk about the code of honor um, is a set of rules. And I, and I've always told people the reason I have a code of honor is to protect me from myself um, because sometimes I just do stupid things and I just, and it keeps, it, it's not bulletproof, but it, keeps me on track to doing what I know that I should do and what I want to do in the long run. Well, and it can help us avoid people pleasing behavior where just the people around us are shifting and moving us and taking up all of our time. Yeah. Having, having those codes, being aware. Yeah, it is so helpful because it's, it's necessary. Yeah. So fear it's harder for fear to move us away and, and for other people. So tell me, how do you stay motivated over these many years and moving during your tough times? I think the one of the ways I stay motivated is that I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but this is the truth. <laughs> I think the reason hey, you answer the way you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the reason I stay motivated is because of discipline, because I have a tendency. I, I probably people would would look at me and scowl and say I'm lying, but I would say that inside, I could be a pretty lazy person. But I, ever since high school, ever since, well, even before that, I was always very disciplined about take on a task, get it done, do whatever it takes, get it done. I was a distance runner in, in high school. And I still, I work out six days a week. And, you know, I have a, I have a ritual that I do every morning that where I do meditation and I do kind of like a miracle morning routine and gratitude exercise and a, and a routine at the end of the day. So I kind of put myself in an, in, in a context that shields me from the rest of the world a little bit, kind of creates this bubble for me that keeps me in the zone that I want to stay in. Otherwise, I'd get pulled apart. I, you know, I didn't go over here. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I do that, but but within that within that context. So what keeps me motivated is that. That's number one. I think number two is years ago when I met 
Robert, we studied a guy by the name of Dr. Buckminster Fuller. He's considered the gentle genius of the 20th century. He was an inventor, wrote 30 books, a great philosopher. And he really motivated me. He said something that, I, that I'll never forget. He said that we have the opportunity to all live on this planet as six, or six billion people on the planet at the time, as six billion billionaires. Six billion billionaires. That we wouldn't all have the cash of, of, of a billionaire, but we would live the lifestyle of a billionaire. And for some reason that hooked me. And he said that the only thing that stops it are people's egos and what gets in the way, because we certainly have the technology, we certainly have the ability, we certainly have the resources. And so that hooked me in a way that I went on a journey, Kirsten, ever since that moment in time, how can I help make that happen? How, what could one person do? And that's why I started teaching and train, you know, I went through business, really started my trucking company and, and the software business, mostly to prove whether the business development and personal development transformational work that you do combined together would really work in a business environment, went through all of that just to be able to, to be able to prove that it A, works, B, to teach other people how to teach other people how to teach other people how to do it. Because that was the only way I figured that I could help us get there. And, and, and that's been, believe it or not, that's been the motivating factor in my career. Well, that is a wonderful focus. How do you feel like you've been doing with that? <laughs> and, and do we really want to talk about this? fast enough, right? <laughs> Not fast enough, but, um, you know, like I said, the shift 10 years ago to go from, to go into teaching leaders, how to lead better and how to be better teachers has made a very big difference. And I, I gotta say in places like India in Malaysia and Japan, in Germany, UK, Brazil, and here in the United States, we've made, I think we've made a significant impact on a, on, a, on, a, on a large group of people. I mean, certainly minuscule compared to the rest of the world, but it's working. It's working. And I have had to come to grips over the last couple of years that as long as I can keep this thing moving and to keep people inspired and to keep people moving in the right direction, um, then that's going to be the legacy. That's going to be the legacy. And uh, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to, you know, certainly if somebody wanted to change the planet, they, they could do, they could do it in a negative way almost instantly, but to do it in a positive way takes work and it takes cooperation. It takes collaboration. And those are all things that'll keep me very busy for as long as I'm here. Well, we need uh, a lot of help with, I think, communication, cooperation oh, yes. <laughs> coming yeah. together. And that would take us down a whole nother tangent, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but so what words of wisdom do you have for others who are working to make their impact in the world? What words of wisdom? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that the the distance between you and you making the impact in the world is not a very long, far distance. As you know, Kirsten, it can happen instantly. It can happen with one comment, with an aha moment, a light bulb moment. Um, and, and so don't ever doubt that the distance between you and where you want to go is only what's going on between your ears. That's the only distance that you got to cover. Um, and so it can happen any moment, anytime. And it may not even happen in your presence. The, the ripple effect, as you talk about it, or what Fuller would call that the precessional effect is the ripple effect of what you're doing. 
you may touch the lives of people you've never met or you never will meet. And, and to have some, have some satisfaction out of that. But again, in order to do that, it takes making a push forward. You can't do it just sitting around doing nothing and hoping about it. I think that, that for everybody involved, uh, to be to have an impact requires that you turn your life into an adventure. People say a journey, I say adventure. And the reason I say adventure is because a journey is a walk, but an adventure assumes a little bit of risk, that there's some kind of risk, risk of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual risk, and to be willing to push that for yourself because it'll make you bigger automatically. It's going to make you bigger. But the ripple effect of that will have much greater impact because you're continually pushing an envelope. And, and so it's an adventure, Kirsten, you know, being this is part of the adventure, talking to you, uh, talking to all the people that, that, that you host uh, in your podcast is an adventure. And I think that if you just keep pushing it out there, and enough people keep pushing it out there, all of a sudden the ends start to meet, the loops start to close. Um, that's my advice. Thank you for that. Yes, get out there and just start taking the action. I love take those risks, take the action. My motto is always, I always say my work is play and I love it that way. So also I think I say that, I, I think I'm kind of getting at the same thing, but like I always say play it like a game because mm -hmm. if we go on an adventure and take risk, but are playful about it versus fearful about it, I think it becomes easier to, to, to take those risks. Because we don't have to Absolutely. be afraid necessarily. So it's yeah. like, play it like a game, see what you can make happen. Well, here's the other part of that is that I never do it because I'm looking forward to being afraid. I always do it. I always take these adventures because it seems like a good idea at the time, right? And then it's when you're in it, you're going, what was I thinking? <laughs> And then that's the part where you have to, to your point, then you say, you got to look at the bright side, the blessing side of it, and, the, and that it's all good. And then you can get back to that play to the, at least for me, I can get back to that play mode and it takes whatever I'm facing is not nearly so daunting. And an opportunity for probably creative problem solving when things go awry. <laughs> like, right. hey, I get to be creative today. That's, right. <laughs> that's it. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Blair, for joining me today and for sharing with all the listeners. Man, you have lived an amazing life and continue to do awesome things and go on these adventures. And I, I appreciate your sharing. And I'm so grateful for the many, many years that you've spent in, in making your impact and helping others be successful and, you know, make their own ripple in the world. So it's people like you that is, that are uh, helping to transform transform this world for the positive. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah. And if you want to connect with Blair, all of his links will be at today's show notes. You can find those by going to defeatthedrama.com, click on the podcast tab and go to episode 287. There you will find his Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And we'll also put a list of the books that he mentioned today as well. Any final thoughts as we sign off? Well, first of all, I'm just very grateful to have spent the morning with you on this, on this podcast. Uh, I will announce that I have a brand new book coming out uh, in July. It's called Summit Leadership. It's a Rich Dad Advisor book, and it's the parallels of K 
you get to climb Kilimanjaro without climbing it and apply it to your business and to your life. And, and I'm really looking forward to that one too. So be on the lookout for that. Great. So that summit leadership that will be in the show notes as well. Look forward to, to that hitting the, hitting the world. So thank you so much. And if you're looking for additional resources to help you make your impact, please check out myimpactacademy.com forward slash join where you can find uh, audio, video, PDF downloads that I've created over more than 20 years. Uh, so go check that out. You also get time with me one, once every couple of weeks. So, and we have a lot of fun there sharing strategies and also some cool networking with other people who are also making their impact. So again, thank you, Blair. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for all the work that you're doing. And uh, thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, Kirsten.